healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host Kevin. As usual, we are happy to have you down here. We have a uh, we had a little rejiggering of our schedule here, but I think we're I think we're back on track. Hopefully, you tuned in on uh, on Monday. Had a great interview with our good friend Sean Barna, and on that Thursday before that, great interview with Miles Mosley. You should listen to both of them. I've been in a talking mood lately, so we, we're talking to uh, talking to a lot more people. In fact. Louis Weeks and Noah Berman just left the basement here about 20 minutes ago. You're going to hear that in a couple months, I think. It's, uh, they got to sit on it. they got a groovy new project coming in. And, uh, but not yet. Got to wait. Be patient. Um, this week, we're going to be doing a couple things. First off, we're going to be having a serious discussion about the state of the music journalism machine, uh, which we are a part of. Uh, we have a lot of some, some high-power, some low-power contributors through here talk about music uh low these almost 300 episodes and one thing that we all talk about off mic uh is is what is making this work what is making it not work how can we do better and uh and and yet every day we see uh, to my mind in 2017 more and more that we're not even trying to do better and i say we because i'm just gonna i know people are doing good work sometimes we do good work uh but it is on it is on all of us to sort of Hold, hold the team responsible, and uh, and yet we see a bunch of bullshit, regurgitation of press releases, uh, stuff that reads like they never even listened to anything, useless waste of funds and PR for a band that that isn't going to fill like a fifteen seater. Um, there's a lot a lot of problems in the music industry these days, kids. Uh, but uh, part of it starts with music journalism, and that is not to say that you can blame music journalism. Uh, this is a this is a uh, symbiotic relationship we all have. People make the music. A lot of people who write about music are are music makers as well, uh, but they chose to write or podcast or whatnot, and uh, it all works together. And uh, not one part is not bigger than the other, but uh, but we seem to it's just not working. So we're going to be talking about that, uh, and then we're going to be talking about a, a fantastic new album from band Elder. That uh, Mr. Paul turned me on to a couple years ago. Their album more. They have a new album called Reflections of a Floating World. That should tell you everything you need to know about what Elder is about. But if not, it's a little proggy. It's a little medley. They're from Boston, and it is all awesome. We're going to be talking about that. And then uh, at the back end of that, we're going to be talking or uh, playing a little track for a band called XI. Uh, just popped up. They have an album coming out on June 23rd. The reason we're talking about them, because aside from them being awesome, is that this is Colin Stetson's new jam. Uh, so it is <laughs> post-rock heavy metal backed up by uh, Colin Stetson and his, his literal heavy metal, his, his saxophone. Uh, and it's great. So we're going to give you a first taste of that. 
Uh, uh, real quick before though, we go down to the basement. You know, we talk a lot, or at least I talk a lot, about uh, whether or not politics belongs in music. You're going to hear a discussion about that on the uh, Jason Isbell podcast in a few weeks. Uh, I, I strongly believe that it does. I think that you can do it poorly or you can do it well, but uh, regardless, you should fry uh, when you need it. So it would be hypocritical for us not to include podcasts or to include politics in, in our podcast. And uh, I'm taping this on Wednesday night. Uh, this is the 14th. And this morning there was a shooting in, uh, in Alexandria, which is near our home. Have friends down that way. Uh, it was a shooting that was targeted of, of a group of Republican uh, lawmakers. And they were basically practicing for a baseball game that goes on every year. Uh, Representative Scalise from Louisiana is in the hospital currently in, uh, in critical condition. Might have been updated since then. And uh, we all know that this is a horrible, horrible thing. Uh, but this is just another reminder that what we need in this country, besides not having a... Uh, a, uh, a, a thief and obstructionist as a president, that's a whole other problem, but uh, what we need uh, desperately in this country is gun control. We've talked about this before, but uh, the NRA has, has choked, is literally choking the life out of everybody. Uh, soon, you you won't be able to look around and see not see somebody that hasn't been affected by gun violence. It's 90, I think the figure is 90 people a day uh, are involved in some sort of gun violence. And there's no reason for it. There's there's absolutely no reason for it, except for the fact that our lawmakers have decided that they should not uh, protect us. Pure and simple. You, know, you can you can talk about oh the person's mentally unstable. Well then why why do they have access to a gun? You can talk about the person doesn't have training. Why do they have access to a gun? Uh, the point is y- you don't need to have access to a gun. A gun is a murder machine. That's it. If you're a hunter, I mean, there's ways to, like, I guess, intelligently restrict uh, these these machines of death. Uh, but without talking about it, without thinking about it, without actually doing something about it, uh, then we're going to see more of this. I mean, this this comes a day after the year anniversary of uh, the Orlando tragedy, and and you know, today's was very uh, set off a nerve touched a nerve with me because if you think that this did not happen uh, in part at least because of the rhetoric that the Republican Party in general has been spewing for the past I don't know four eight years uh, you're kidding yourself you're lying to yourself you know we talk about discourse in the Capitol we're here in DC a lot of my friends work in government and uh you know that that idea of civil discourse is 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 a joke. It's sort of like the southern, like, well, bless your heart. Uh, it's it's backstabbing, it's cutthroat, it's it's brutal. Um, but somehow that leaked out into the world where we are unwilling to do something uh, about a scourge that needs to be taken care of, that can very easily be taken care of, and quite literally, the only people that can be taken care of, that can take care of it, are the uh, are our lawmakers. They can pass a law tomorrow, get it signed, uh, that says we are banning these type of guns. You have to have these type of background checks to get a gun. Uh, and that means most people aren't going to be able to have a gun. 
to make it to make it difficult. It works in other countries. It can work here. We're the only country where we're killing ourselves like this uh, in history. So, um, in many ways, this today, you know, could be expected. We're going to see more. I'm surprised it took this long. Uh, but when you divide, and this goes for Democrats and Republicans, when you divide and you you use you pit people against each other because the sense of an other is is sort of rooted in our lizard brain. When, when you do that and keep doing it over and over and over and over, eventually people are like, well, now we got to do something about it. And it ultimately leads to violence. Open up a fucking history book. You know this. Um, so please, if you're listening to this and you uh, want to advocate for that, we're going to put some links in the show notes. Uh, Make whatever calls you need to ha- do. Do whatever protests. Fund whoever you need to do. We need to get guns, like, basically out of people's hands. We need to do it quickly. Essentially, I don't want to get shot. I don't want my lady to get shot. I don't want you to get shot. I don't want any more black teenagers to get shot. I don't... Like, this just needs to end. So. Hopefully that didn't bum me out, guys. Uh... With that, let's head on down to the basement and uh, and talk about <laughs> a way less serious issue uh, of whether music journalism is ruining ruining the scene, kids. You're gonna sell out your bros? I'll sell them all out. They 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 don't. This they don't, is gonna, they don't, this was gonna happen. They don't. They don't. Billboard don't pay me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll sell them all out. Vice, yeah. Vice, uh, Vice hasn't paid me in Mr. six Dowling months. with the hot takes here. Uh, we are, we are back, but we're we're down here tonight. Talk about something that we we love. This is something, Paul, and I'm glad you're here because this is something that started because of you. We're we're all fans of of the. Musical styling known as metal, mm-hmm. but I don't think we ever did a metal cast. And so it's until you like sent me a text or G chat or something popped up. It's like das metal, <laughs> <laughs> and and this started this sort of obsession with like doing this shit because it's fun as fuck. And surprisingly, there's a lot more to say about it than we thought there was. That would the first ones we did. Well, actually, lore was one of the first ones we did. Yeah, I think we did lore and. Uh... Obsequia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and and so these are uh th- these originally were sort of planned as podcasts where we uh we'd make fun of them like the Space Rock podcast. But now we've Dude, I, I don't even remember what we did on the Space Rock podcast. That thing <laughs> just that went into space at some point. I, I, I'm gonna well, here's what we did is like you and I got fucked up and then Andre played space DJ. Yeah, that's right. That's so right. so it, it was Accurate. a good time. So I can I can promise you guys that the elder obsequia one when I heard that was the one where I was like, I need to reach out to these motherfuckers. Like really? at, at, that <laughs> point, at that point I figured out that like I'm like, Oh, they're DC based. Like I've heard like they must not be far from me. Like we've <laughs> we've been at the same shows and I heard that, I was like, I need to hang out with these guys. All right. So all right. So the power the power of metal compelled you. Mm. Um <laughs> and so we're back to talking about Elder this week or this Thursday. Uh we're gonna be talking about the new album Reflections on a Floating World. Before that, we're gonna engage in something we haven't done in a little while, which is news. And I don't know if it's really news as much as 
uh, a discussion of uh, a lot about what the media does as far as music journalism is concerned, which honestly concerns us. I think as, yeah. as we approach our 300th episode, uh, we occupy our own little space in the world and, and what we're trying to do. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but what sort of nudged me to want to talk about this is that earlier this week, um, the best of mid-years have already started. Stereo Gum was right out of the gate. Uh, the problem with that was that on two albums on Stereo Gum's list, had not come out yet. So this coupled with a discussion that was on on Facebook, uh, which I'm not going to link to because my Facebook is private. You can't see it. It's all cat photos, though. I assure you of that. Uh, but but uh, a discussion about PR in music, a discussion about, like, do you, what do you need to really make it as a band? And people yelling about... Like, oh, I bet all these bands had PR people. And, like, my, my entrance into that thing was like, yes, because that's the business. And if you don't, then I don't know what business you're in. Uh, but, Dallin, you're sort of smirking over there. because So so let's get to the first part. Mm. Maybe you can lay out why, mm. for people, oh. why this Stereo Gum list oh. had two albums oh. that weren't I'll, released yet. I'll lay it out. I'll, I'm going to tell all the, the, the secrets because I don't care anymore. Um, but, and that's an honest thing. I got into journalism 10 years ago because I really cared about music and I cared about the future of music and I cared about music that people didn't know about. Um, a whole bunch of other people. There's about, okay, so to understand this, um, the, the critical top tier of the critical universe of music is about 500 writers and we're all friends on Facebook and we all talk to each other every day on Facebook ad nauseum and little private groups that you guys don't see and we we kind of decide the future of the industry we're also friends with the kids we used to go to those shows with with these bands that you didn't know and nobody knew in like 2005 2006 2007 who are now all industry prs yeah and they have their own separate groups on facebook and we even have groups together where we all talk about the same music ad infinitum ad nauseum we all were inspired by the same bands. We all liked the same old music. We all liked the same new music. So you end up with a silo where when all of the old gatekeepers fall away, die, retire, stop caring about music, whatever, you end up with this situation where these thousand kids who grew up on the internet and are all friends and we all have the same opinions on music all decide... Wouldn't it be cool if we just put all the same music that we like <laughs> into the top of the industry? That would be so much fucking fun because then we could sit in our little Facebook chat and, 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 and actually then we could all go to the Grammys and we could like actually influence the future of music because that's the industry that we grew up kind of hating and deciding that we wanted to like positively impact in a different way. And then when you stop and you realize you're like me and I'm like at the far back end of this thing, like I'm the old guy in the room, I'm almost 40, all the rest of these kids are all in their early 30s or late 20s and they're like, and you're kind of look at it and you go, oh my God, you've become the people you hated. And that's where we are right now as an industry is that the people that control the industry, even the artists too, because what's even funnier is when you end up with the artists who know the PRs, who know the writers, and then there's a circle of same. And mm -hmm. so when you get to this, you trickle this all the way down to a Stereo Gum article. And Stereo Gum's not Pitchfork. 
It's not Bandcamp. It's not Billboard. It's not Rolling Stone. It's Stereo Gum. I mean, raise your hand if you've ever really read Stereo Gum in this room. Nobody. Right. Yeah. On, so, a, on occasion. Right. So <laughs> okay. Stereo them Gum. And, them and Tiny Mixtapes. So Stereo Back in the mid-2000s. Tiny Mixtapes, <laughs> shout out. So anyway, so you end up with this, with this site that's largely run as a, fil- as a trickle-down filter from the pitchforks of the world, and they already have, like, the chip on their shoulder because they're not pitchfork, which a lot of, like, consequence sound the same thing. Yeah. Like, the chip on their shoulder that's, yeah. like, enormous because when you started your blog, you didn't sell out to Condé Nast when that check came into your hand and said, okay, it's all over. We're, we just do big stuff now yeah. with... The people that, you know, do Vanity Fair, Ladies Home they Journal, do whatever. entertainment journalism. Right, exactly. So that's that's where you are. So when you're trying to catch up, and this, this all now plays to the point where you're trying to catch up with Pitchfork. You're trying to catch up with even a complex, all these other sites. So you decide, okay, this is now we're going to play the click game because now we have to get people to click on our site so that we can catch up to Pitchfork. So that we can catch up in relevance to all these other sites that have quickly passed us by. So you're like, okay, let's put out a, a list. Because the thing with lists is that lists, if you do them right, they're not all on one page. You could click yep. each clicks. page. And if you do a 50-click article do it as a that slideshow. clicks on yeah. as a slideshow, yeah. then that's like not just one click, but that's 51 clicks. And if you get 500,000 people to click something 51 times, that's what? 2.5 million hits or 25 million hits? Yep. In a day on your site, yeah, you're gonna take that because then that catches you up with pay, paying people 50 bucks to pay to write a paragraph on an album, they might not even heard right well, well, exactly. And, and then and then it pays you even more to write about albums that aren't even there because you have to have certain albums in the conversation. Because when you link to that album at the end of the year, that that, that post, yeah, those albums would have been out before your arbitrary cutoff date, which by December, because the internet moves. At a, in a month a day, mm-hmm. so by December it's like six months, six years from now. So like you're not going to remember that the Jason Ellsbell album wasn't out when you put out this this post in the middle right. of right. June. Oh, it'll be like, oh yeah, that was out around that time. So yeah, whatever, and you'll gloss over it. But it has to be in the list, even though the album did not even come out and had not registered a blip on anybody's radar. So even when you're rating it in your arbitrary rating of lists, it shouldn't even have a rating. But you've rated it somewhere around, I didn't even look at where it was rated, like 37. Like 30 something, yeah. Fleet Foxes was the but, other album. But don't, but don't. Again, comedy. When, you, when you're putting together a kind of a big package like that, like it's not inconceivable that Stereo Gum already had advances of those albums at oh, the time. Oh, but they do because they're, again, right? they're. So, they're so it's not. We had advances. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's, 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 sort of what I'm, that's sort of what I'm getting at. Advances happen. So. It's not necessarily the case that the person writing about it hadn't heard that music. Right. And there's also a thing, too, when you're a journalist that you're, yeah, and this is, God, this is so inside baseball, and I'm sorry if it's boring, but it actually shouldn't be boring because this is the industry that you, you love. Um, you did this. You, <laughs> you listeners. Yeah. No, you did this, listeners, when you stopped buying albums, and there's no yep. reason to stop buying, like, there was plenty obvious reason to stop buying albums. And good on you for stopping the Bibles because you didn't need to. <laughs> but um, but uh, in any event, when you're a journalist, your your sense of the music schedule is completely off. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you don't know. Like, I don't know when records come out until you tell me that we're doing a podcast about them. Kevin. <laughs> that's, I li- that's probably right. <laughs> I literally have no idea. 
Like, well, because he, you, you might have heard it like three months ago. Yeah. Or then for me, I get like I get advances on stuff like sometimes like a year before. Yeah. Like I got advances on like more on more life the Drake record. I got Drake records a year beforehand. Just oh, this is half done, right? And you're like, okay, great. And then you see the Drake record, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's why there's six emails in my inbox. So, so let's identify from last November. Let's identify one problem with the industry at this point: not being aware of the culture that you are like supposedly like trying to inform. Yeah, the journalists and the fans are completely separate. Yeah, completely separate. Completely like. Like it's funny. I have mentors who mentees rather who are in their early twenties who who quote unquote want to be me, and God bless them for wanting to do that because it's I don't want to be me. But you know, like <laughs> they're like, man, I really want to go to that ex artist show, like Feist, for instance. One of my mentees wanted yeah. to go see Feist, and I was like, why are you going to go see Feist? And they're like, because the, the her music is wonderful. And I'm like, when was the last time I heard a Feist thing? Marcus just gave the microphone some serious side eye. By the right. way, is it, is, it, like, is it relevant to right now? Well, I mean, she it, she she does have a new album out. Yeah, and, yeah. I, did, and, and I didn't know she had a new album because I had heard the album like yeah two months yeah, prior. Yeah, right. So I was confused. I was like, what? Real, what? Oh, album out went what? Oh, oh, oh yeah. I probably want to go then in that case. So there's no like and and this this compared to like the 1960s when like the people that wrote for Rolling Stone were fans of the same music as the people that were buying Rolling Stone. So it was like one-to-one. Yeah. One. So it was like value of that magazine was like someone who was just a half a hair cooler than you as a fan was writing about your music. Now when you're an, a, a writer, not that I'm cooler than anybody who's a fan of music, but if you think that me getting like songs six months before you do is cool, then I'm cool as shit. Yeah, so it's, and that's so, where you are. So, so it plays like as an access brag. Right. Yeah. As yeah. A, yeah. Well, I, and I, I think access is is part of the problem. Is that what people have learned to write about? Is uh, I mean, look, I'm I'm completely jaded on this point, uh, and I don't give a fuck about access to anybody. Partially because <laughs> the internet exists, so if I want it, I'll get it. Right. Neither do I. You don't care about access, but you do care about loyalty. <laughs> loyalty, loyalty, uh, respect it. You there do, it is. You respect it. There you it demand is. it. You've been keeping that inside, but <laughs> but uh, but a lot of people still, especially younger people, uh, not to cast in that light, but that's generally where it lies. There's a thrill in access. The most. Thrill. I mean, yeah. there is. Yeah. There, there is absolutely a thrill in access. It's like kids right now. Yeah, kids it, don't right now. That's another problem. Kids don't right now because they like journalism or because they want to be the next great American writer. Like, I wanted to be a better writer than Lester Bangs. Right. I still want to be a better writer than Lester Bangs. Which, which this will not happen. Which I'm just going to lay out for kids everywhere. That's impossible. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there but, will never be a greater rock writer than Lester right, Bangs. I wanted to be that guy, and I will not be that guy. It's okay. But, like, kids now are like, I don't want to fuck writing. I want to have VIP access to, like, right. The whole if I if I can if I can just write this article about X Y Z then I can get this right like, like and the, we still, it, are we still talking about the stereo gum article yeah, no, no, well, yeah, no yeah 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 because, <laughs> well we're talking about, we're talking about why why music journalism is yeah. broken because the stereo and that that the sort of because the off stereo point. gum article came from people that were writing about records that they had been sitting on for two fucking months 
and had already formed an opinion that had absolutely nothing to do with the opinion of the people who actually listen to music. I, like when the song, when the records come out, this this is a funny thing that I notice, and this will and and I I mean to cut you off, Paul, but it's no, like it's fine, it's fine. You have this thing where like an opinion is made. This is the genius of the Kendrick Lamar record, by mm-hmm. the way, which is the only record that nobody heard all the time. Is that every other album that came out, everybody had an opinion about this mm. record before it hit the streets. So, like, when the record hit, so all these other records that come out, before they hit the streets, the opinion's already made. The Pitchfork article's already written, mm-hmm. it's been submitted. The, the complex or whatever article you have has been written, whatever PR you're gonna see, whatever marketing you see, because there's, a, there's collusion between the PRs and the writers. So it's collusion. That's what it is. There's no other way to say it. Like, so that's already done. So by the time the record hits the streets, the whole narrative is written and it's forced upon the people that listen to the album. The Kendrick record was great because, like, I I knew of a date. Yeah, but, but nobody I heard didn't it. Nobody songs. <laughs> nobody heard it. Nobody. Zero people. Which so like journalists and fans were one in the same, and it was fun because it was like. Everybody had the same collective freak out at the same moment. Yeah, but that but that only works for big artists where everybody's going to be every record though. Because you had a monoculture and you had less music that was actually accessible. But now we we are back to a a pure monoculture, totally untrue. Well, Paul, but the Mm -hmm. what we're talking about here, Paul, is the stream of PR. Deciding a narrative and then that narrative being regurgitated over and I over get by it. it's, some, it's, some, it's something we've talked about on this podcast a lot. Yeah. But if we if you want to get back to the stereo gum article, I have zero problem with the stereo gum article. Like really? yeah, no problem whatsoever. Because you know what? The only problem there is the click pressure to say, okay, it's June, it's time to get your mid year out. But it's a mid year it's a so, hold, hold on, hold on. It's yeah. a mid year list. We're all acknowledging that they've had these albums forever. So if you're pu- publishing a list not as a as of June 7th or whatever list, Wait. but as a this is the best albums of the mid-year, which okay. is supposed to go up to the middle of the year, then two albums that are going to be released this month okay. but have not been released yet here's, that they've already got, is it's not that big here, a deal to throw those on the list. problem with that, though, is that we put out so much music now that if you make this list... And like you make it with this kind of like these like preconceived narratives that are already like there, and you're just regurgitating things that have already been like right. processed over and over again. You're literally like, okay, so it's like you take like corned beef hash and you open up the can and I throw it down somebody's throat. Then I immediately put like a, a, a like a stick down their throat and I just force it out of their ass. Wait, hold on. That's no, what it is. That, that's absolutely not what it is. You're, that's what it is. Though. No, you know what you're doing? You're writing something on the internet, and people choose whether they're going to read it or not, and then they choose whether they're going to listen to the album or not, and they choose whether they like the right, album but, or not. But the quality is so low right. that, again, it's like you're taking corned beef hash, throwing it down someone's throat, and then no, shoving it's not, out it's, of it's, their it's, asshole. I, it's a really bad analogy. I'm sorry. That's what I feel but, like when but, I read it, because like, it's, it's the way know I why, feel as a writer. But you know why? Because... You are inside baseball right here because you're offended at the quality of the writing. No, it's not, and it's not the quality of the writing. It's not the quality of the writing. But you're also thing. offended at the process. From somebody, from somebody that's just reading this, you know what most people are seeing from this article? 
and I'm and I'm taking it from yeah. a half in right, half right, out right, because right, right. I like yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I, I see the advances that we get right, and right, most right, of them right. I don't listen to. I'm not following <laughs> like all the stuff we're doing right yeah, here. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like pop in when I need to. Cool. Most people see this and they say, "Oh crap! I've listened to ten albums over the last six months. Let's look at an article, skim through yeah. it." See if some of the keywords right. where it's like this is music I might uh, like are there, I, and then go back and listen. To but, it. But, 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 really so, that's the case. But but yeah, that that is the case. But but, but to the point of 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 these lists is that they have grown exponentially in size over the years. To where at the end of the year you can I mean, we've joked about it, but you can conceivably have a list like here's the top two hundred fifty albums yeah. of like, and nobody like people literally have the bandwidth to process something like ten albums a year, right? And, and I don't know. And but hold on, so, so so people have the bandwidth to do that. So really, what you're ending up talking about is driven, and and this is super inside baseball is literally driven by PR companies and people being lazy as fuck and just saying, oh well, you know what's going to get us more hits? Fifty, because bigger is better. And so instead of putting people look to do look for that for a casual list of things, but people also look to outlets for a critical. Look oh. on things, and so when you say there's 50, you can't possibly, well, Kevin, <laughs> as an editor, have have sat down and been like, "These are 50 things that I really let, like." Let, let, let me let me put a counter to that, which is that if you said, you know, what we're only going to do 10, and yeah. you're a big publication, you're not somebody who's like, you know, it's reasonable to 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 to, to take this down to 10. We all know that editorial guidelines for a lot of these places are. Certain things have to be rated as X. They can't be rated higher right. than Y. You're right. You're so absolutely right. If you're down to 10 or yeah. you're down to five, then you're going to end up with the same five or 10 albums. The real freedom in making these lists comes farther down. If you say 50, then you say, look, writers, we all know we got to put these five artists somewhere in the top 15 or nobody's going to take yeah. us seriously. Are, are you seeing some anarchist fuck and be like, I can slip this in at 43. No, but you, you see it on every list. Yeah. If, you've got, oh, yeah. if you've got a top 50, every one of those lists, there's not going to be a one-to-one ratio. You see where the individual preferences are coming in. You see, you know what? You see the album that's getting passed around the writer's room or the virtual mm-hmm. writer's room that nobody else has thought of at that point. And those are the ones I don't know. Which those is are the ones I key in on when I see something yeah. that's like an outlier well, on a list. I'm like, what are they seeing? And ninety percent of the God, time, it's shit. Like, but it's, Eduardo, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was, was going to say that's exactly why those the types of articles like that that I key in on are the ones that if like like if the fader puts out, here's the ten albums that you missed in the first half of this year. Like I will go and listen to every and single one of those probably. Like that, that, and that's exactly yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. We're going to have a week of eight right. albums that, mm-hmm. that you might've missed mm-hmm. yeah, that, every, we, every, that we missed for sure. Yeah, everybody's still it's sleeping on Kaja Bonet. It's all changed. Huh? Like, everybody's still sleeping on Kaja Bonet. Yeah. That's not on any list. Yeah. It's so funny. But, but She also didn't have like the high power PR, right, right. which is something, which is something else I want to get into. Uh, and, and this is problematic. This is another reason why these lists to me at least are problematic is that part of the conversation I was having on Facebook with people was like, oh, you know, how how does this get done? Don't people have better taste? The answer to that is no. Most yeah. people are casual people, listeners. People have basic taste. People have basic <laughs> taste. There are a few, like, hyper-aware people who really dig into music, but the majority of consumers in the world do not. So, for mm-hmm. example, if you are in a punk band, unless you are the number one punk band, you will never succeed. Mm-hmm. Not like you want to. 
That's that's just a fact. There is no people want one punk band, but to that point, and sort of to back up your point about having these people who have been in it and are now sort of calling the shots. Like this, this quote unquote game is not a meritocracy. Nope. Yeah. It it, it well, is well as, not, as most things in the world are. It is who you know, and that is a that is a. I I know people doing really good work and people going out and seeking out like doing hard journalism and finding bands. But most of the shit that you have ever read about in the past ten years, and that goes from fucking like Pitchfork. To, to even Bandcamp, to Make. All Songs Considered especially, yeah. most of that shit was brought on a plate okay. to them by a publicist. I'm going to make a funny funny story here. Anderson Pock, everybody knew Anderson Pock. Yeah. That's why Anderson Pock won. Because Anderson Pock was known by everybody and finally put out a good song. Um, the- there's another artist too, Anne Devereaux, that everybody's going to hear about. Like She just got rid of by NPR. Bree just wrote her up. Um, Anne Devereaux, I've known Anne Devereaux for... Literally, she lived in Washington, D.C. Right. for like two years. And she's been around for like eight years. And she knows everybody. Everybody knows her. She finally put out a good song. And it was like, oh, like, she finally put out, like, the song, the song. Like, we could write about this song. Great. Like, you know, say that there's a bot. But, but the question, the, the question that, that I think we're asking with this is, like, why not take the chance and write about the stuff, like, when it's not? Yeah, the, the 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 nefarious thing here is the influence that these that these PR companies that most music listeners have never heard of. But right? some, it's look, that sort look, of some like, PR companies are good, and uh, yeah, 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 and it's but, a necessary part. But but uh, when we talked about the Spoon album, Kevin, I think we talked about this because yeah. every fucking review of it in like in like kind of marquee publications in like the Atlantic and like the New Republic, like in these yeah. important places, the Jason Isbell circuit, if you will, yeah. And they and and they all mentioned like oh Spoon is clearly taking you know you know like like they're wearing their Prince influences on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. It, go back and listen to that album we just had. Unfortunately, Prince Day. Um, R.I.P. What do you mean? Unfortunately, uh, I listened to Prince for yeah, like no, nine I mean, hours. It's great. It's just a, it's a painful it's, it's a painful reminder that the man is gone. Um, go back and listen to that album. There is no fucking Prince in that album. There's there zero. was there was Prince in the in the in the. PR notes that got distributed with the yeah. album, and everyone drank from the same Kool Aid and I wrote want, a bunch of nonsense about but how I, Spoon but I think sounds. That, like I think there's a difference here between talking about you know lazy journalism yes. and talking about the necessities of the business. Like you can, right. it, we're, well, we're, 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 we're trying to, to bridge the two. Is no, what but we're to, to, to dial yeah. it back to the list article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there are necessities. They're called listicles. <laughs> I will not do that. Do they? Do they? <laughs> Are those things that. that hang at the back of a truck in Maryland? <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. You know, it's, it's funny. Okay, Listicles so, and truck nuts. So, um, yeah. So, like, the point you were talking about with, like, being a casual listener, like, the, the saddest thing for me right now, and it's like, and not that I'm a semi-retired journalist, but I write far, far less now than I ever have in my life. And... There's the, there's a value there's a real sad thing about being a casual listener right now is like the top one percent of the industry is not servicing the casual listener in a way where like the casual listener is being given ample opportunity to have like well reported multiple options of music, which but, is frustrating because there used to be a time. Where that was the thing, but that's the thing is that the casual the casual listener doesn't care, right? Like, oh no, no, and no, that's right. frustrating it's... too because the casual, if you like music, you should always care. No, no, about no, because music. look, look, 
the ca- casual listeners used to be, and a lot of them still do, just listen to whatever's on the radio. Yeah, like right. terrestrial mm-hmm. radio. Oh, I know. And, and, and so it's it's not like anybody's radios... being done a disservice. It's like if you hear the the great thing about right now is if you hear a song that you like, you can dig in deeper if you want yeah, to. That, that yeah. didn't used to yeah. always be the, the option. Sad, yeah. And the sad uh, the sad situation as well is that you know none of this shit sells. Like that's the hardest part about all of well, this is like we can't I mean, get you can't get mad at journalists. And I just had a conversation with like three young journalists sitting in my apartment about this. Like on occasion, like where I, if you reach out to me, and I'm telling people I look at them, I say reach out to me because I will have you into my apartment and I will serve you food and we will talk about writing and the art of writing. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like pop music, like right now, and it's like. And and they were like, yeah, I'm really mad that my favorite artists don't sell enough records to continue to make good music. And that's the hardest part of this whole thing. So is like you so can't write, write that, that you, fucking article, right? But the thing is, I mean, is that, <laughs> no. But the thing is that it actually doesn't make a fucking lick of difference. It doesn't. But but, but and that's the, but to, and to, that's and, but I want to say that again because that's an important point is that it doesn't make a fucking lick of difference. So it's like you have to like recontextualize the whole right. industry then if we're talking about that if we're talking about like stereo gumless and things like this like we're still at a point where none of this stuff actually sells so like but that's always been the case right the stuff no, that's no, no, so- no, no, no 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 the stuff that sold before was the stuff that got signed by the big labels right. got the pr machine right. behind it got was, the payola to get on the radio there was a greater diversity of stuff right now it's what? all kind of like very shades of the same yes absolutely like Kevin, I, we, I, I'm going to start on. Uh, start on I, we I, I'm not going to agree with you, Paul, but yeah. but I think it is something worth looking at because it's something that I've asked myself: Was there really, you know, it, you know, so so the, the example back to this Facebook conversation yeah. is that I gave. If you watch the uh, Grateful Dead movie, which I, I think everybody should, the documentary, it's fucking fantastic. I'm so remiss. I and, and granted, it was a remarkable time. It was a very different time. It was the second wave of the birth of rock and roll and stuff. In general, the legendary bands that we talk about uh, were doing things like playing six nights a week, five gigs a day. Yep. And honestly, I cannot name a single fucking band that we have reported on ever <laughs> in seven years that has ever done anything approaching that. Never. So, so when you're talking about like, like why aren't why isn't a band t- why isn't a music journalism talking about me or why am i not making it or or what what are people reporting on i know where you're going with this and thank you for saying it well no it, it, it's a, it's that people aren't putting in the work and so there's not really a lot to talk about which is back to the list as well i already said this 50 albums is is a lot for people to fucking digest and it, and it shows no critical thought but it's not it's not about people digesting them lists Lists are not for everybody yeah. to like digest the whole thing. Yeah. It's to give people options, and you go through and you say, "Oh, good! I looked through and I found eight of the ten albums that I like this year. Mm-hmm. I give this list credibility as a result of that, and now I will look through but, at the other at the other albums and is, say that yeah. sounds interesting." Is a casual listener going to troll through fifty albums? This is what a semi-casual listener nah, will do. But, but like that, they will that, they will go through and they will scroll through and say a semi-casual. Oh, I see I see the one I liked. I see the other one I liked. I see the one I heard other people talking about, but I haven't really listened to. Okay, 
Now, because can we get those into are, UX design with this? Can it be like I see the one I liked, and then what's around it is what I'm going to look at? <laughs> well, no, it's, it's more just like is the list valid or not? God. Like if you, see, okay. if you see if you see a list and there are zero albums you've ever heard of that year, then you're probably going to go like, who the hell are these people? Or you're going to feel <laughs> right. Or you're going to feel. Or you're going to you feel just like, describe their listenership. Or, 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 or you're going to feel like really inadequate and be like, yeah. if, if you're really casual and be like. Oh well, these guys are doing things that I just I don't want to listen. I don't want to think to. You need a nexus of right. interest to God. make you think like there's other stuff I want right here. So you have to have on that list like if there's a consensus that, and I think it's a good album. But like if you don't, if you have a list that doesn't have Kendrick on it this year, then people who've only heard Kendrick and like three other albums are going to look through and go like, where the fuck is Kendrick? God. And that's going to be all they think about your list, and they're not going to go through and look at the other albums. Yeah, it's, it's a gateway to get people into other stuff but i'll I'll be frank to that level like there's a lot of pond water on that list like just just no like don't don't listen to that there always is i've I've tried projects before where i've gone through and tried to listen to all the albums on one of these lists and usually anything i hadn't heard it's frustrating because like (laughs) so like the best part about the internet is that it works as well as it does forwards as it does backwards so i can go back in on the back end of like my very first blog Mm -hmm. and i can pull up stuff from 10 years ago the best thing to do is to pull up my urine list from like 2007 oh, <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, man, like, and it's like all indie and there's like a couple of like mainstream rap albums that aren't bad. And right. then like, you know, like the indie stuff is like mind blowing. You're well, just like, whoa. And, and, like, and personal crazy. lists are supposed to be that. They're supposed to be a time castle. Paul, you've yeah. had a, a project that I think you've abandoned, but you did. It was a remarkable project of all the films that you loved. You tried oh, yeah. to com- you tried to convince us that they were the best films, but you put "There Will Be Blood" on on one of them, and that invalidated <laughs> everything you've ever said. But Eduardo knows what I'm talking about. No, we, uh, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not a "There Will Be Blood" guy. Damn. Son. Um, so so, but but those are good for like a country for old men. For, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's th- th- those are good. Those are good for like personal time capsules. But what we're talking about is an industry. You for for I think musicians or artists in any genre like jazz, rock rap anything you have to have that uh if you if you want to expand beyond the local scene Mm -hmm. which we haven't gotten into really but uh you have to have you have to have a synergy with that that press unit that you have people willing to talk about you intelligently and get people turned on to you as much as you're turning on these people and hopefully they're the fans and i think i think what we're talking about is what's happened is it's become a very cynical venture where it is just about yeah. hits. It is about you put out a list of 50 because that's going to get a thing. I don't think anybody at Stereo Gum or any of these outlets are going like, you know how we can make casual listeners, semi-casual listeners by putting out a list of 100 albums. No, but, they're not They're not consciously thinking this. It's more just like you know when you're going through a list that there are certain albums that have to be on the list mm-hmm. and the creativity mm-hmm. is in the albums that go beyond the consensus. And if you have a list that's too small, then all you end up with are the consensus albums. Unless your editorial wants to take a real bold stance and be like, we're going to be the one list that doesn't have Kendrick. What, or we're going to be the only would, one would, that doesn't say Father John Misty so, is one of the top so 10 So I would, I would hazard a guess that everyone in this room has made at some point uh, a mixtape or a mix CD for someone oh, they wanted yeah, to yeah. get to know I mean, better. You know. Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, you realize that. We know all about yours. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have talked about those. <laughs> Throw hits. Yeah. But. So, <laughs> so the end called them fuck tapes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
But but and and there's a the whole. What they were supposed a... to be. I shouldn't have filled them all with pavement. <laughs> Did it work? So there's a whole there's a whole art to that because oh, yeah. because you need to give something that the person will like and recognize, and then you're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna push this a little bit, right? Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the pavement in when when they're not looking, or you know, and maybe. It... <laughs> wow. Yep. That was wow. that that was a deliberate. Wow, that was that's... a deliberate construction, by the way. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna slip them a Malcolmus. You have to slip from that phrase. Nope, <laughs> it's there on purpose. Um, okay, but it's but 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 that's but that's Elder. what you're trying to do. You're trying you're yeah. trying to keep people in, and you're trying to challenge them a little bit. And ideally, a list a list does that. It's it's list them a little the elder <laughs> and Let's slip them some elder. <laughs> No. Some 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 well. white hot metal. Obviously, this is what happens when we try to make a serious point. We get lost in crude sixteen-year-old humor, and uh, but uh, the point is, kids, the industry is fucking complicated, and like, just man up. If you want to make it, fucking make it. Yes, on either end, as a journalist or absolutely, and as as somebody who does this. I don't know what it is that we do because we we don't do this for money, and that is a factor for a lot of these people. If you are a yeah. freelance journalist, you are doing this for money, and so the, maybe your next meal is dependent upon whether you write a shitty story about future or not. I don't know. Write whatever you got to write to pay your bills. Yeah, that's yeah. But try to slip in. <laughs> slip them a mouthless <laughs> when they're not looking. Try 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 to get in something uh, subversive. That'll get people like really interested in your shit instead of regurgitating what everybody else is around you is saying. Yeah. Uh, because ultimately, that's how you make it. And uh, for journalists, that's a conscious thing. For bands, that's an unconscious thing. Yeah. Sadly, sadly, it's a it's an art that uh, everybody appreciates, but nobody needs. Justin Jones said that, and 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 it holds true. I agree. So. With that, we're going to talk about Elder, which I think everybody needs.
Uh, that, that right there is the first single off of Elder's newest album, Reflections of a Floating World. Title, Metal as Fuck. Can we confirm that? Yes. Around the room? The title Met- is Metal as Met- Fuck. Metal as Fuck. Um, there's The Fallen Veil. Reflections of the Floating World is their fifth album. This is the follow-up to 2015's Lore, which you heard us talking about a little earlier. We reviewed, just liked a lot. Did a little shredding, too. A little air Lore, lore is metal as fuck. Lore is, is absolutely metal as fuck. Uh, this band is a three-piece stoner rock band from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, their first album came out in 2008, and the band is Nick DeSalvo, which, to my mind, that should be the drummer. <laughs> like, it should be. Salvo, he sounds like, so, so, yeah, sounds like a, a drummer, drummer But, but yeah. he, is, he is guitar, keyboard, and vocals. Uh, Matt Quoto uh, on drums and Jack Donovan on bass guitar. And and their sound, as described, or as we would describe it, it is, especially as we get to this album, is sort of all-encompassing. They are metal, they are rock, they are pop on this album, I think, a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. A little post-rock, according to you, Paul. Yep. Uh, they, they get, they, yeah. so, so they sort of tick all our... Uh, Tick off all our boxes. Of the, stuff. One, the one thing they don't do is thrash. Right. There's they, no there's no thrashing. Well, that's stoner metal. Yeah, right. Right. You know, maybe they do, but we, we won't know until they are until less they... are less high. <laughs> in, in, until they're until they're on the seeds and stems. Smoking them stems. But um but this band at one point, and I think still until just now, um was so metal that they literally only toured Scandinavian countries. There were no U.S. tours. I remember on Lori we were looking for it, and they played like Maryland Death Fest is a thing that happens every year, and it, it takes over Baltimore. Yep. And uh, I think they played an event there. I know they're playing in October uh, at Baltimore Soundstage. Myself and my friend Jan Palmer are going to go, and uh, and uh, Brian Gruder I think is going to go. You, if you want to go, like, all oh, of us, we I, should, I might be. We, we, we should be. We should be up for this. But uh, the point is, this is the type of music that we, as music nerds, I think secretly celebrate because it is, at one time, precise in its execution. These are not these are not just dumb fucks who can't play their instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- these are monsters of uh, of what they do. Uh, but it is also ridiculous as shit because. <laughs> When you have an an eleven minute plus track called "The Falling Veil," <laughs> like about minute four, I have Skyrim flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> the first track is an eleven minute track where I think the only lyric is "Sanctuary." Yeah, yeah exactly. So- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like I, I have this I have this soft spot in my heart for like okay, so one of my my college roommate Greg Massey. He's a uh, he was in a prog metal band called Balaset for a long, long time, and uh, he recorded their first album on his eight track. I seen junior senior year of college, so like he is influenced by like that whole like European metal thing mm-hmm. that like deep droning. Heavy, well, not necessarily droning, but like on the edge of droning. No, like, it's drone. Like, there, there, like there's, there's a drone underneath mm-hmm. all. Of but this. there's like a soul thing in there too yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of keeps it from being like super drony. But there's mm-hmm. like a soul thing in there too, and it's intriguing because the soul thing comes from this like American, like it, it's intriguing when you find American groups that are wholly influenced by like being a big European metal act. 
which is never the way that it, it like because it's like the the european metal thing started off as this like way to like respond to like american like harder edged rock so it's funny to watch the the influence go back across the water and that's what i think makes elder really good is that like they're knee deep in the soul but they're also knee deep in being like heavy 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 so like you get this like middle ground where like if you lock like the thing that they do that makes it like not necessarily i say metal but like more like the post-rock like you said is that they find a groove yeah and it's not like mm-hmm. I'm just going to thrash and make noise, but they find grooves and they dig all the way into the groove and then they come all the way back up and it's very like pronounced <clears throat> and then you dig back in and you find your way into like, you know, like doing different chord progressions that things to like build in and out of it. And that groove, I think, is why people first took notice of it. And it's why when you suggested it, Paul, lore, like that's why I first took notice of it because metal in general especially thrash uh but but uh some drone like there there's just yeah. there, there's a wide swath of metal like as yes. wide as there is whatever genre you want to get into is in general i think about a release of anger right mm-hmm. and 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 that goes from like you have bands like uh was it sunbather was that, was that so i think or was that the name that's of the album i think that's the deaf heaven album deaf heaven yeah deaf heaven yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have bands like Death Heaven all the way up to, uh, you know, Sepultura or Meshuggah, sure. oh, you know, yeah, and stuff and, and stuff like that. But, but a lot of those bands don't work in that soul. A lot of those bands just work into the pure release, and and as such, much like the Thirst and More record that we were suggesting, you just see that music live. Mm-hmm. Those things exist, I think, in a in a live space. Yeah, I I think if you are if you want to consider which we should talk about in a minute. If you want to consider the connection between metal and jazz, then 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 there's an argument for listen, sitting down and actually listening to a a metal record. But otherwise, you're just getting like angry by yourself for no reason. If well, that. if you've if if anyone's gone back and listened to to Black Sabbath at all in the past like five years, and you know it, it's it's their music doesn't sound hard or aggressive mm. it sounds like kind of slightly distorted blues like well, you hear the, it you hear well, it, it and you're like and you're that's, like oh well this is, is it right and 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 so the family tree there you know includes Soundgarden and all these other other acts that that the further away you get from them the less partly because metal has gotten so extreme in so many respects like these guys when you compare them to like inter arma um it's a whole different it's like right. a whole different ball game um but 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 that the you know growing up with that sense of the blues really allows you to find those grooves and to swing a little bit in a way that um that a band like Inter Arma for their many strengths doesn't do because they're just trying to overwhelm you. Um, Elder is like world building with their songs, like they're yeah yeah right? that's, that's a good I mean, term. Yeah, I mean because go back to like the beginnings of metal that we were necessarily aware of, and in uh, the big band there being Metallica. There's no soul in Metallica. I went back and listened to, to uh, Injustice for All um, after listening to this album a bunch of times. Did you? And uh, boy, that album has not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> it really has not. Well, I think, um, you know, to the, to the points everybody else has been making here, um, this album uh, took me a little bit longer to get into than Lore did. And I was texting with Kevin about this the other day, and it's kind of weirdly because 
um, even though they had a lot of these same uh, elements in lore, um, there are some more jagged edges in lore. It's an angrier album mm-hmm. than this one, and that's what I was expecting. I came into this, right. I'm like, all right, new Elder, this is going to be metal as fuck. And I got into it, and it's like, there'd be a good metal riff, and then you get down into that soulful groove that you're talking about. Yeah. You get you get into these parts that sound almost like, you know, early explosions in the sky or Godspeed. Well, or you too. And, yeah, yeah, and they're, yeah, totally. And they're running through those tracks, and this is all stuff that I love, but it's not what I expected. And it's like, once I went with it, and I'm like, okay, this is... This is prog metal. This is this is yeah, post rock, super proggy. with pro, with with a lot of prog in it. Then I'm like, okay, I'm digging it. We're like, you just have to. I had to adjust my expectations a bit, and then I'm like, this is the uh, this is another thing that I like. So, well, right. well, because the Elder yeah. Sound has a lot of, um, and I don't, um, I'm not as familiar with like their back catalog, um, but I've been listening to a lot of it on shuffle just to see like to try to get a sense for the band's evolution. There's a real like there's an aesthetic that's closer to like traditional indie rock and mm-hmm. how they approach metal than mm-hmm. it is to conventional metal where you start out with like an acrobatic singer or like or you're going or you say we're going to do this one genre, right? We're going to do black metal or we're going to do grindcore or whatever. Um and and it just feels like a bunch of dudes who are just into harder music and they're yeah. just and they're just sort of playing it the way they know how to play it. There's a thing too I think that comes with every great metal act when they actually learn how to play their instruments and they really learn the art yeah. of playing an instrument, like even especially when like you hit Met- 20,000 hours, right? <laughs> especially like metal, like it, 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 it's really analogous, like Metallica, yeah, which is a band that like wants everybody in a band, like learned like the art of making music, like the songs took on greater shape and form. And here you have like a, a band that's like the, these guys of now. And the thing also is when you're a metal act now, and you tour Europe and you look around at these bands that could do anything and could blow you off the stage. <laughs> You're just like, uh, we just make noise. You, you just can't do that. Yeah. You have to like, and especially given that like their income comes from having to go over there. It's different than say if they were like, um, like let me think of a good American band, the band we did the, the podcast on. Which of the two hundred eighty-eight? No, 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 the metal one. Me- the metal that we one. just did. Mastodon. Mastodon. Mastodon yeah, yeah, right. Like Mastodon, they can. They, Mastodon can kind of tour the middle of America for you know like a hundred years and make the same money and be totally okay and be at well, the top of that heap. Mm-hmm. But these are guys who specifically decided, okay, we are going to go to Denmark and we are going to go to Germany and we are going to go to these places where these bands can like do this whole thing and just beat us so we have to be really 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 good at doing everything and the thing that that's intriguing to me here when i listen to it is like okay they're like well like let's really like showcase our technical prowess here as opposed to making like these like short brief quicker faster like songs it's Mm -hmm. like let's really showcase like how far along we've come in like our artistry as like musicians overall. And what one of those examples is actually a track that I think you were sort of freaked out by Eduardo. Uh you mean, you mean when they turn into the boredoms? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they turn into the boredoms. Yeah. And and I hope to God this is about an acting method. This whole song's about an acting method. But uh this is Sontag off of Reflections of a Floating World.
Hey, Sontag, uh, I think, Eduardo, your take on this was what, that it's, what did they discover, Noi? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I keep expecting the song to turn into a fish jam, to be yeah. honest. I mean, this is, this, this could be coming out what of was, like a, a, a sick ghost, bro. What was the, the sick disc? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Like yeah. it's uh, it's it's got like that ambient groovy thing going. I, it's very kraut rocky in a way. And I and I don't want to be the people who are like you should go listen to fish. Cuz uh, let me make this clear. You should not go listen to fish. <laughs> Ex- with few exceptions. One of them is that the Sicket disc. Yeah. If if you like experimental music, like there is a thing that they did. And they're fans of heavy metal. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're fans of that and and the prog metal and, and all that stuff. But there's a thing that they did that they they tried to emulate uh, drums in space with just the space, and they generally failed unless you were on drugs. But the stuff it's, they caught on that disc was yeah. actually quite nice. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, um and it's and it, and it's very reminiscent of this, which you know this song clearly does not belong on most metal albums. Um, but appropriately, today's the 25th anniversary of Faith No More's Angel Dust being oh, released. Oh, Angel Dust to whom all praise is due. Wait a um, well, why are we? Why I know, are we I know. About we're this? gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it later this year. Okay. Uh, but um, but but it's it's such a weird left turn in in an album that otherwise, and it's cool because Thousand Hands, the song that comes after this, starts in a very kind of like spacey, droney kind of place. Mm-hmm. Um, that this song seems to to feed into. Um. But yeah, I love the shit out of that song. I think Paul was grooving to it. Oh yeah, I think. You, know, you could do a thirty-minute version of this at the uh, Super Jam at three a.m. at Bonnaroo. It'd be fine. <laughs> so, here's the here's the thing that like it's like the music nerd in me couldn't help but notice like when I like listen to a lot of this, it's like I feel like they put like a metronome in the middle of the room, and that's like the start of the whole thing. Could be. And then it's like everything else is kind of like builds and it's like concentric circles out from like this very simple beat and then it just goes yeah. goes 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 and, goes 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 and i mean look the way bands work is that that and if you if you play with people for long enough you become the metronome right and you and you don't need that at the same time i think any good musician like worth their soul will tell you sometimes it's just good to play to time and if right. you can get a click track or a metronome or shit it's like it'll just bring you back in and, and and I think you're right. Because this shit is so organized. It it's it's organized. <laughs> it's organized to the point that it's almost sterile. But there is that underlying like soul in it. There is that, and and it doesn't ever rise. It doesn't ever rise into thrash. You know, think about like what what are the big metal bands now? You got Lamb of God. You've got uh, who else? Trey Paul Bearer. Trey Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people mock that album. I, I I've listened to about half of it. It's, 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 it's not, it's innocuous. It's, okay. it's not, okay. um, uh, but, but, but it's, it sort of comes from the same place as this. It's, 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 it's probably closer to Alice in Chains than it is to like. Was Alice in Chains metal? Um, yeah, 
Um, they were, they were, I mean, I mean, they're in this same strain of kind of very bluesy, right? I mean, I mean, Jerry Cantrell loved to that wah-wah pedal and he loved, yeah. you know, those yep. sort of like very, wah-wah you know, and pentatonic scales and then, uh, then yep. you throw in the weird, like, yeah, I'm going to go minor on you. And... Yeah. It was definitely, you know, you know, this, this, this album, I, I, I know that it's categorized as heavy metal. I, I, and this is sort of parsing words. I, I hear it, 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 it sounds to me a little bit closer to like. A really heavy hard rock album than it does metal metal, but but do you, that's do you like a hope weird. Gut. That it was a heavy hard rock album, or are you more feeling that you were told that it was a heavy hard rock album? <laughs> it, it's, I, it's, I, I didn't read their PR notes, so I don't know if I'm supposed to think it's hard it's rock. Heavy, I'll give you that it's heavy. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily metal. I think that it's yeah. metal if you're a lazy like music person. Yeah, like if you really know your stuff, you're like, oh, this is like really heavy prog rock. Like it's like you know more Pink Floyd yeah, than it, it is. is like metal. I mean, it's, look, that's, and that's what I was saying about adjusting my expectations. Right. Like hey, this is not. There are pieces of this where you hit that metal level, but right. they, it's too it's too smooth for that. Floats. But it's but it's good because of that. Just like so it's, broad. It's, like it's bringing 60, it to twenty one twelve, man. Like that's <laughs> it's sixty two. It's sixty two minutes long, you and keep it has bringing six Rush tracks. into the space. <laughs> I was about eventually to say, you will pay the price. Rush is a really well. Well, Rush is Rush is louder than this for sure. Like this is one of those records where people talk about the loudness war. That I'm glad it mm-hmm. exists because you can make a good record and it doesn't have to like oh, yeah. beat you over the face with noise. Like it, it's intentionally like I feel like. They're just kind of like keeping it. I hadn't actually thought about that. Melodramatic. The, gu- the guitars this... on this remind me of like Gish and like yeah. Hum more than they do yeah. anything that's truly metal. Well, yeah. and I brought up you too, and especially on that album. Like, yeah. When, you know, the Edge established a way to, I mean, they, they were, they thought they were a punk band when, when U2 started out. Yep. There's a punk side to it, at least in the pop punk, what. Mm-hmm was understood mm-hmm. in the early 80s. Sunday Bloody Sunday and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. No, uh anything off war. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and that sound in punk and and metal for that matter has has sort of like gone away because people like to make fun of them. But to see them on, on that track especially, like on Sunday especially, see them expressing that like is is sort of like, yeah, like cuz if you're a guitar player, let me tell you. <laughs> you love the fucking edge. You know why? Because all those pedals you have, they're there because of the fucking edge. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he made that the coolest thing ever yeah. to do, and to say, "Hey, you, you should you should do weird shit with your guitar, and make it sound great." And it, y- you pair that like I, I'm. It sort of ties into our our stereogum conversation because yeah. there is a weird thing going on with this album. On the press side, we reached out to him. I know a lot of people reached out to him. They got no response. And that was because basically it seems that uh, Stereogum sort of bought the press. Hmm. Or they bought the press with Stereogum. So Stereogum was the only people really talking about this leading up to it. They did. They premiered the tracks. They did. I mean, if you look, everything is on Stereogum, Hmm. which is great if they love these guys. But if it's... uh, it seems a weird tack for a band at this level, which isn't necessarily high level in America, at least, uh, to take after they've been putting out consistently great fucking albums. I I, I think they. 
if 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 you're in if you're in their space, I think there's some wariness about turning into like a deaf heaven or a mastodon, which is becoming but the what, sort of the, the sort of the token there? because because like we we've talked about this a little bit, and I prefer this to mastodon, and I love the mastodon yeah. record, but I prefer this to mastodon also because I'm a bigger Floyd fan than I'm any metal fan, mm-hmm. and. No, no, but no one wants to be the token, right? Like, no one wants to be the hip hop artist that people who don't like hip hop listen to. No one wants <laughs> right, to be the, blue, right, the bluegrass band right. that people who don't know bluegrass listen right. to, or the jazz right. musician. I right? always I mean, feel like it's it's funny. It's, this is this is like a, a point where being like a journalist having mm-hmm. to deal with this, and also having been a PR for a little bit, like comes into play. Where it's like, okay, so like if you're an artist, you go, okay, so where do, where do we want this to hit? Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, so like most of your crowd is in Europe. Cool. Well, we needed an American blog to do something in America with. And you kind of like, you throw out an open call. This is how PR works. God, this is so inside baseball. Ah, yeah. I'm hanging myself with the tie I'm wearing right now. It's terrible. But, um, <laughs> but like. Is that a Versace tie, by the way? No, not really. I wish okay. it was. It's, Garcia? It's not, it's not a Garcia. No, I got, I have a Garcia at home, but I, 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 I did not wear it today. But in any event. Um, Her- Hermes? I'm gonna so, keep guessing. So you go, <laughs> Jesus. So you go, like, all right, where do we, Pierre where do Cardin. we, where do we go? Oh wow! But in any event, so uh, so you go, like, okay, where do we, where do we find it? Like, where do we find a home for this? And you just kind of like toss out like a general call, and you toss it out to like the 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 the, the sites that get X number of hits, so that you can at least get like a placement where like you're gonna like hit a certain number. Like Maybe, a pitch, yeah. like a pitchfork is not gonna look at this and go. I think you're right. Yeah, like we're gonna cover this ASAP, or like a consequence of sound is gonna go metal. Why in the hell are you hitting us with metal? Like why? Well, why me- would you metal. You're this? not metal. You're not hip metal. Well, right. I, 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 like I have no background on this, but I just ra- running a random search here. They yeah. did do uh, a track premiere for a single off of Lore all the way back in February of 2015. Okay. Yeah. So it's quite possible that, like, they were one of the early pickups on that. Right. They didn't have much, as you pointed out, much stateside pickup on right. their earlier so albums. Like, yeah, they haven't so, at all. Yeah. So that's their, so they have a guy somewhere, Stereo Gum, that's like, it's like, elder. he's their Lore guy. Let's do <laughs> it. Their elder guy, yeah. Let's do it. Let's um, go. Let's rock and yeah, roll. Yeah, yeah. And, um... and you want that guy. That guy is like your favorite guy because that guy will ensure Again, not a meritocracy, right? But it is though, because that's your guy. Well, and that's what it is. Um, because uh, I've been that guy before, so I know it. The track we played was kind of mellow. I want to play one of the. I mean, the whole album was kind of mellow, but I want to want to play a little track before we wrap this up. A little bit off of an eleven-minute track called "Sanctuary." This kicks off the album, and it's fucking. This is all you need to know about it.
uh, Sanctuary Elder, you know, that, that is more the lore, if you will, of Elder. <laughs> um, and what you would expect. And, and as we begin to wrap this up, I want to I try to figure out <coughs> how does this actually stack up? Or do we even need to compare it? Like, do we, in, in the world of modern metal and modern prog rock and modern whatever we're going to call this, how does this compare to this? Where does it fit? And does it even matter? Like, because like, I think it, I think whether it matters, like, determines how we came to it. Because I, I can say as a listener, as a fan of this type of stuff, you know, Lore was their fourth album. <laughs> so I, I wasn't on the Lore, I, I wasn't on the Elder Tip long before that. But if you had dropped this album on me even like five years ago, 10 years ago, certainly when I was a teenager, like this is, this is so in my wheelhouse. And I think, Paul, you too. It's so yeah. in your wheelhouse that this is just like, well, fuck, this has to be the best band ever. Like, it, it's it's funny only because I feel like there was once this like era where every every person that made rock had to go through an era where they made music like this mm-hmm. in order to get to a different level or just like stop and stay. Okay, this is where I want to be. Now you have this thing where you know like people who get into rock don't necessarily know that this is a place that you can go. Like you immediately go super heavy. It's super hard and like way off the like the edge. Art and and this this thing, I feel like doesn't really like get the shrift as it does because there's so much blues in it. There's so much soul in it. There's all this other stuff in there that makes it non quote unquote rock. Is it is it that people don't know that they can go there or that they don't want to because this is non commercial and it's yeah. hard. Well, you, said it. That, that, yeah. you said it. You said it. It's non commercial and it's hard. That's you the said thing. It. You said you said it right there. Is 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 this one of the purest bands we've talked about? Like, because what this is what I think about when I think of Elder. I'm like, this is pure. This is this is because it's non commercial. It does it doesn't make sense. Like, there's n- yeah. we we're talking about this album. There's no way we can sell this album to you. No. The listener, none. No, There's, either you are in or you are not. Right. It's it's a it's a time it's a time commitment thing that I think that like most people don't have with music right yeah. now too that makes this band important in the sense that like if if you're a person that really likes listening to music like in a sense of like you like you have time to invest in like listening to a 13 minute song mm-hmm. and like you want that trip then like. Elders here for you. You're like because they do it really well, and that's yeah. like an important thing, you know. But don't. But but do you guys really not think that if like if Josh Homme took them on tour to open for Queens of the Stone Age, that these guys wouldn't be able to kick the fucking door open no, or kick Queens or, of the Stone Age off? Yeah, the stage. <laughs> right. I mean, but yes. but but you see what I mean? Like like I think I think people who uh, there's a lot of people for whom Queens of the Stone Age is probably the hardest thing that they'll listen to. Right. And this isn't, even though this is really hard, this isn't like a huge leap from Queens of the Stone Age. Mm-mm. But I feel um, like, like, I feel in like hardness and quality, I think it is. But like, I feel like 20, 25 years ago, you had like 37 bands that sounded like this. Yeah. Not, not, there's, them, there's not, something... not as many of them with the technical, especially on the American side of the technical proficiency. Yeah. But it's like, this is, it's funny now that they're like a, they're like out there on an island. Well, they sound earthy to us now because because metal has gotten mm. so kind of 
um, com- I mean, like abrasive. For I mean, lack to be of honest, this, this is like early Queensrÿche with yeah. If I mentioned it if, earlier, it, yeah. if it hadn't been mixed with like tons of cocaine, right. so, so like because there's no bottom end in Queensrÿche, like, right? None, but because it's in the eighties. Come on, like Operation Mind Crime is a great fucking album, but there's no Did you bottom end. Shout in out to that album on Facebook this week, huh? I shouted out Operation Mime Crime this week. Yeah. I did. It was, it was is a it, great is it, is it is it a candidate for a discologist? Because I would love to fucking do that. We, we could. Um, but no, so I wanted to say also that, like, in the, in the wake of the, the demise of Chris Cornell, uh, as sad as it is, like, the one thing that I think this album would, 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 would be more catchy to people is if you had somebody whose vocal could sit on top of, like, the intricate, the intricate playing and really amplify right. what what's going on in that playing because there's a thing with like you know especially with like with what Chris Cornell could do with like great musicianship especially when i look at like um god um and audio slave as well, a band and you go okay so you put that voice on top of that music and it's like everything gets amplified to like 12 times what it I is i guess but I, audio slave was trash but but what soundgarden was was Kind of what they're doing. It was. It right, was. Right, but you don't. But it was. This, it, it this was lacks, blues. Yeah. This lacks up. that vocal, and I wish that they had that vocal on top of here because well, it the was. Vo- the vocal is something. That's something we haven't actually touched on. Is like the vocal is kind of generic metal, and I'm kind of fine with that. Yeah, but but it, but it, it makes it a pro- like. It it makes it approachable to me in a sense that, um, in the same way that like when I hear like the poster children from Urbana, Illinois. Um, and it's just a dude who is me who's taken some voice lessons singing. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, OK, this is this is something that people can do. Like, it's not yeah. like you don't have those like the sort of Bruce Dickinson or, uh, you know, you don't have the vocal the acrobatics. acrobatics. You also don't have just some dude turning on a pedal and barking into the microphone. Right. Yeah. It's sort of it's sort I, of I a, listen a, to stuff like this for the instrumentals. Like, yeah, the vocals nine times out of but ten. If they take were, away but if they were it. but if it were like a Chris Cornell type vocal, would you still like. Like that would that would change the band because then you because the then you start writing around the vocal instead yeah. of right because you have that tool well, because yeah. of this and we mentioned jazz I mean this is the hardest the hardest and Casey Ray will tell you this if you talk to him the hardest fucking metal guitar players have, have exclusively like pick up any issue of Guitar Magazine in the past like thirty years they're jazz heads right and all they do is fucking study scales. Study fucking Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. Study fucking Grant Green. Like every study Miles. Like figure out how to make this jazz thing on this instrument that is not, or at least the the processing of the instrument is not jazz. Uh, I'm I'm glad that they're able to like go to Europe and be successful because if they were stuck in America right now, oh, Jesus Christ, there'd uh, be some there'd yeah. be some 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 label executive that would find some some dumb Amy Lillican girl and and put them in the same room and force them to try to make really good music. Oh, they'd be stained? And it would be terrible. There you go. <laughs> and it would be really sad. Like, and, well, they, they, and, they, they'd be playing with the black cat, and then some douchebag would walk out and be like, I didn't read about them in Pitchfork. They suck. Right. And, 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 thank, and thank God that that didn't happen. And yeah. if they could get to Europe and just yeah. like do their thing and exist without that, that sort of like, you know, like box placed around what they do, because... Oh my god! Like when I listen to this, this, I've listened to this album like a million times since you gave it to me, and it's funny because I, I like listen to it and I'm like, wow, like there's a million ways this could have gone horribly wrong, and thank God it didn't because like being left as what it is, it's really really great. Yeah, yeah. 
So, Paul. Yep. What kind of album is this for you here? Oh, it's a buy. Is it a buy? Uh, it's a pretty easy call. Pretty easy call? Yeah. Yeah? Eduardo? Uh, I, I I concur completely with the gentleman to my right. Yeah. yeah I'll I'll tell people I'll tell people to mainly to 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 try it because I know this isn't for what, everybody. What, what what is it for you? For me personally, I'd buy it. I'd buy okay, it then ten times out of ten. I know you, you got you got to like. Know, I just I just I always like try to like know, make sure I when know. I talk about metal because I know metal. You're a man of the people. Me. I try to I try to understand <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, you know, yeah. I want I want everybody to be able to enjoy. The diversity, especially in two genres, country and metal. Yeah. Like, there's this beautiful diversity happening right now, and I mm-hmm. want to make sure that people, like, okay. you know, at least have a sense of it. But, yeah. I feel you, man. I feel you. I'll, I'll buy it. Sure. Yeah. Me, myself, I'll buy it. The, so, and and I was actually going into this a solid try. And on the tail end of this, I'm a buy. That's why. It's because I think what we sussed out is that people aren't doing this. And yeah. it's all, and it's also yeah. six. And I, and I want fucking more people long. to do it. It's six tracks long. It's like four hours long. Just kidding. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not. Only all the minutes, yeah. will be four hours long. Not quite Kamasi like. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. You know, but but yeah, it's 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 remarkable uh, music driven by just a small group of people. Like, and back to what I was saying before, it 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 at least feels pure. You joked yeah, about yeah. us uh, talking to them, and and I hope we do get to talk to them. Uh, but uh, if we do, I, I would not be surprised if it was just one of them, like, hey, you guys want to crush some beers? And <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is the stoner metal dude's dream come true. Yeah, Big and time. and I think they're gonna win with this album. I think. Because they now mm-hmm. they are playing more U.S. states. Yeah. Now people are like, well, fuck, maybe we should book these guys. This is a polished fucking album. Yeah. This is an album that's, really is. that's so. ready for the spotlight. All right, kids. Until next week. Uh, we got we got a lot of beer left over. So we'll take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Great God Almighty, that is Elder for you. Reflections of a Floating World. That album slays. I love that album. I love it a whole lot. It is, uh, we're putting together our mid-year list, even though you're never going to see it. But we are, and we're ranking them. And this is one of the highest ranked albums, I think, that we've reviewed so far. Um, it's up there. It's above eight, if you need a number. Which not a lot of them have gotten up that high. This is amazing. It's a, it's a fantastic follow-up to Lauren. And uh, and it's it's just uh, we need this now. We need the escape. Got to have it. Uh, thanks to Paul, Eduardo, and Marcus for coming down to talk about all that. Um, there's little links to their names and stuff. You can figure out where to follow them around. Some of them have emails here. You can email them there if you want to talk about this some more. Uh, before we get out of here this week, I want to share with you a song from a, a band that uh, is is sort of fronted. By a guy that we apparently love here. I didn't realize we covered him so much, but uh, he, it's worth it. Colin Stetson, uh, you know who he is. He is he is the the he's a motherfucker of a musician. Uh, he plays a giant sax and uh, and just uh, he's a genius. 
is what I'm trying to say. He's an absolute genius. Go back through his catalog. We did Sorrow last year. Uh, we did one. He did Elm with Sarah Newfield. Uh, even before that, uh, he's, he's an absolute genius. And and this new band XI is turning out to be no less genius. He's he's grouping up with uh, liturgies Greg Fox on drums, Toby Summerfield on guitars, and Shazad uh, Ismaili on synths. And this is a take on more prog, more metal-y stuff. The instrumentation is a little different, uh, but you can feel the sax in in your bones, in your soul. You can feel the darkness. It is it is it is absolutely fantastic. It is also exactly what we needed right now, especially today. And and so we're just going to play it for you and get to it. So here you go. This is the first single off of uh, XI's debut self-titled album, Xenolith, The End. <laughs>
Xenolith the Anvil by XI off their upcoming album entitled XI. It's going to be out the 23rd of this month. Can't wait. I hope they do a tour. Uh, Colin is, is one of those people who we have decided, I think, if we can talk to him, we may be done. It's not real, uh, but it would be it would be a high point because uh, everything everything he touches just turns to awesome. It would appear. Um, that's our podcast for this week. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us in iTunes. You can leave us a message or a rating there. You can also listen to us in Google Play, Stitcher, and Mixcloud if you like. You can listen to us up on Pippa.io. Uh, we switched over to using the Pippa Player. It's got a few more options in there. You can share it from that. Just a few more details. It's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Uh, and you can do that. Uh, that's embedded on our site at www.chunkyglasses.com. All the podcasts we have ever done are up there. I think we go back to 150 in the iTunes feed. Uh, but everything is up there on the site. Uh, I dare you to go back and listen to the first episode. It's awful. It's awful. But uh, it's neither here nor there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Chunky Glasses and at inst- on Instagram at, at Chunky Glasses. We're also up there on Facebook at, guess what, slash Chunky Glasses. You know, if you're following us on Instagram, you get to see all the work that, that Matt Conn and Mauricio Castro are doing out there covering live shows just about every night. Uh, I would be remiss if I did not thank the amazing Jamal Gray for donating uh, some of his music. A project he put out a little while back called Aquatic Gardener. It's a... Uh, it's a you know, you, you hear the music in here. This is the interstitial music. I'll just let you you find it. It's playing underneath it right now. Uh, check it out. It's on Bandcamp. Uh, go buy it. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Absorb it. Drown in it. Uh, it is remarkable. And hopefully we'll have him back down here. Talk about that and uh, Champara. Maybe. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. Coming up in the next week or so. Uh, we're going to have finally next Monday is going to be Jason Isbell's The Nashville, Nashville Sound. Uh, we got that. It's a uh, it's a heated discussion, and uh, heated discussion about a pretty great album, pretty great album. And then uh, and then I think on Thursday we're gonna have a uh, interview with uh, two people, two lovely people who came down uh, and and had a talk with me last weekend. Minks Miracle Medicine. Can't remember, can't remember if we talked about them before, but uh, we're gonna talk to them now. So that's gonna be next week, and then. Uh, the race is on to episode 300. Haven't figured out what we're doing. If you have ideas, hit me up. Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com. You decide that you, you're listening to this and you're like, fuck, I would really love to sit down in the basement and podcast. Although I will warn you, it's hot down here. It's hot down here in the summer. But I want to sit down here and, and talk about music with these guys. You can also hit me up at Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com. And uh, tell me why. Tell me how and why you love music. How much you love music, and uh, and maybe uh, you come over. We'll drink. The worst can happen. You come over. We drink a few beers. We talk about music, and that's that. How about that? Sounds good, right? Um, we'll be back in a few short days. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, we will see you soon. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you later. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>